uh, we feel like, you know, like we found something, like we have some imaginary pets or whatever. Uh, but it's actually a good thing because once we heal some kind of level, the next level, like when we get triggered and we have to go healing again, it's actually a deeper one, like a deeper reason, like a deeper root of it. This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered Spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome. To empowered spirituality. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Empowered Spirituality. My name is Samantha Nagel. Thank you so much for joining. This week, I had the incredible pleasure of interviewing Tiffany Wynn, who is a spiritual life coach. She came on the podcast to share her wisdom about breakups actually being a gift, meeting your true self, um, the fact that healing happens in spirals. And even though that that can be hard to hear and hard to understand how, how much of a gift it is, she talks about her journey with meditation and her journey with her own awareness. Um, Tiffany actually immigrated to the U.S. when she was 16 in hopes of building a better life, but despite her success, she did not feel happy or even see how beautiful life really is. She started to become tired of chasing the next thing and feeling lost, so she decided to look within. And eventually, by living her truth, she decided to inspire others to start their own transformation. She is a spiritual life coach, life coach who helps busy professionals and sensitive high achievers reconnect with their truth and live authentically and combines practicality and spiritual wisdom to guide people towards clarity and confidence in who they are 
leading them to inner peace and happiness. With her analytical brain and her intuitive tarot reading skill, Tiffany brings a unique approach to one's self-transformation journey. It was such an honor to get to talk to Tiffany. Um, we actually probably could have talked about so much more. She said so many things on the podcast that I was so interested and in, could have spent an abundance of time exploring everything she mentioned individually. Um, Tiffany is such a ray of light. Um, you can see how authentic, you know, she talks about living authentically, but she doesn't just live authentically. She really shows up in a very authentic way. And that was really, really exciting to see uh, as I interviewed her. We even talked about doing a trip someday and, and catching up. She lives in a place where I've interviewed many people for Empowered Spirituality. So I said, we can all meet up together someday. So hopefully that'll happen someday. Um, she also does have a workshop coming out in July about relationships. Um, and the link is in the show notes. If you want to join that workshop, um, you can also visit her website down below. It's spunkyspiritualist.com. And she also has a free download um, for seven steps to move on when things don't work out. Without further ado, here is the episode with Tiffany Wynn. I'm joined by Tiffany Wynn. Tiffany, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I would love to have you introduce yourself, what you do, your passions, just who you are. Yes. Yeah, so I am a uh, doctor of pharmacy and I'm also a spiritual life mentor or coach. Um, so I help mostly uh, sensitive high achiever uh, to reconnect with their truth and have fulfilling relationship by uh, living authentically. I love it. Oh, I'm very curious about your journey from pharmacy to being a spiritual coach and how those those align and overlap? Um, I guess it's not really quite a journey. I'm still working as a pharmacist because I do like medicines. Um, it really started with my own spiritual journey and uh, how I was very uh, miserable, even though nothing was wrong in my life. It was just this empty feeling. And there were just, I didn't know what was wrong, like what I was missing. Uh, at the time I was pursuing my doctorate degree and mm. I was also working as a job and I was engaged. So like everything, like I check off every box, like career check and yeah. relationship, family, everything. Um, but I was just miserable. I was just not happy. And I didn't know why I thought it was just, I thought I, I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, it wasn't until my best friend where we were lounging around after an exam and she would just mention that she wished she had a relationship like mine. And I was like, it wasn't that great. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. But then, you know, normal coping mechanism like automatically kick in and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm probably just having cold feet, <laughs> nothing to be bothered about. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a great moment because my best friend would just look at me and stop and say like, what would you think that? Like, what's wrong with it? And um, so I opened up and I said, well, I was very miserable. I don't, I don't know why, I don't know what's wrong. Um, and then I opened up telling her about my past, how I, after I immigrated to the US alone 
and mm-hmm. I was very isolated and I got into a lot of relationships that I shouldn't be in and it I tried I hated myself for it so basically I was just waiting for bad karma to come in the, in the ass so like I was waiting for another shoe to drop um so that's when also very beautiful thing happened between two human beings. She also became very vulnerable and shared with me her own painful past. And uh, very, so there's a lot of similarity, but we both um, have the same idea that we didn't deserve happiness um, uh, for some reason on some level. Uh, And what interesting is we were both adamant about each other that each other will deserve happiness but not ourselves and it stuck with me uh, i still didn't get it at the time but a few months later while i was driving along on a on the road and sometimes maybe that's where the epiphany came and it came in the form of like it's just a simple thought that if i switched place with my best friend mm-hmm. would i even think any less of her um, I would never, even the thought would never cross my mind. So I realized that it was too harsh on myself. So I decided to forgive uh, whatever mistake I make in the past. And that triggered the whole event. So after self-forgiveness, um, I didn't realize that th- things in my life wasn't working. So it broke off the engagement. Um, not much else had changed from the outside, but on the inside was like completely different. And a um, few months later, that's when I stumbled upon my uh, now teacher, who so a Tibetan uh, meditation master, Yongi Mingyurin um, Poche, and he teach he taught me to still teach me now uh, meditation, mm-hmm. and it's really changed my life of how I uh, practice to increase awareness, and that's really changed a lot of things. Like once we have awareness, we start to realize what is working, what's not working, and what is just not true, and what we're just like clinging on to a lot of things. Um, yeah. So that really changed my life. And then uh, after that, after I graduated, um, sorry, it's for a very long-winded answer, but that's just a journey. Uh, so sounds- after. So after I graduated and get us get my uh, working full time as a pharmacist, and never expected it, even though I work in pharmacy like for a long time before, I just never expected it to be so stressful as a pharmacist, and um, it came as very rough. So uh, just so you know, like statistically, pharmacists is like one of the top ten uh, professions that have high suicide rate. Um, I did lost some of my colleague and professor so it was very rough and very stressful at the time and um so i was uh also my family uh also have a lot of chaos with argument and stuff like that and uh, it was very stressful time but even in that time i noticed there was this sense of calm um in the center of me and even though like everything was in chaos, there was this sense of peace that I can, it's almost palpable. And I realized that not everybody feel that way. And I find that that is very precious. And I hope everybody have that kind of feeling. Um, so they just not completely lost themselves. And uh, so that's how I started 
to be a spiritual life mentor to to help people to find that sense of self and to find that um, unfallible sense of peace one day practice they find it um, even though in the in chaos they can still find it so that was the whole reason mm, I love that and that's so valuable for 2020 too because we were all in such an intense chaos that we were all sharing um, did those practices come in handy for you last year yes um more this year than last year last year uh there was a lot of like scare but it wasn't like affecting me personally as mm -hmm. uh panic but there was a lot of things coming up for like anxiety and scare for um let's say lower work hours job security uh family there's a lot of scare from medical and also racism against mm -hmm. uh, Asian. So there's a lot of things going on. Uh, but luckily, I live in the city that I don't personally get affected by it. Um, so it was more, a little bit more objective. Um, but there was just a sense of like, it, I think it's a great practice. Um, so it's a great practice for have awareness, but also like I have a lot of like, um developing way of practice or so like a lot of mantra like uh is there anything i can do um if there is then i don't have to worry about it but if there's nothing i can do also then also there's no sense of worrying about it so it's like um my mind is very strong analytical so once i going through those steps i just going like pulling back from all the worry and get to the presence it doesn't mean that i don't get worried or anxious but it just weighed up like catching it and then pulling myself back to get into the presence um and then this year i literally just got the news a few weeks ago that my company is downsizing so I will not no longer have my uh secure pharmacist job and it was like a strange moment of like, okay, I felt very calm and accepting it. And then a weekend later, like the panic starts setting in. It will be like, oh, I'm probably gonna lose my house and all of that. But, um, but that also helped to shine the light on what true security is. And it's not a job, it's not a circumstances. So true security happen on uh, with a strong foundation in oneself and our relationship. So because of my practice, uh, I have a good foundation in myself already. So it's not, so I don't lose myself in that kind of panic. Like you, know, you can still feel it. And I was like spiraling downward. I'm like, oh my God, I was uh, getting depressed and anxious. Um, but that foundation really catch it. And then uh, also security, uh, the true security is our relationship also. So that mm -hmm. two layers, uh, just, mm, relationship is good. Like once we, um, once we have time and build this healthy and wholesome relationship, long lasting, it doesn't mean like, you know, have to be romantic. It can be anything in family and friends. Yeah. And um, so that security is like, whatever we face in our life, if it's difficult or challenging, um, we are still loved and we are still supported by our loved one uh, because of that relationship that we do. So both things takes time and practice and effort, uh, but it's worthwhile, you know, like 
we don't we don't build a house for rainy days you know we build a house when it's sunny and then we have shelter during a rainy day so that those are something that we um is truly come to light to me for true security what what does it mean for true security it's not the money in the bank it's not job security because even a safe job still you know you don't have that um so yeah that's been alignment wow it sounds like the last few years at least have been very tumultuous and stressful and chaotic but through it sounds like your meditation practice and the way that your mindset has shift you've shifted you've really found uh, a sense of peace and, and groundingness. I don't think that's a word, but I'm so impressed by you. And I, I think it's so inspiring to see um, someone who is really going through a hard time be so resilient and so grounded. Um, so thank you for sharing. I think that's going to be so inspirational. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think I'm pretty lucky. Um, a lot of my things don't evolve like a lot of so much dramatic, um, mm-hmm. a lot of like severe wounds that also people have to deal with, a lot of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. We all have certain kind of like traumas that from our childhood, uh, mm-hmm. but the, the degree vary greatly. Uh, but the, the principle of healing is pretty much the same. It's all mm-hmm. like coming back to ourselves and, and then we can build like good relationships around us like to break all the bad patterns and have uh, build that kind of strong support around us Mm, yeah um and you touched on something earlier kind of in the very beginning that you were miserable even though there was nothing wrong um and i feel that that's that's something i've experienced and that's something i've heard so many of my clients say that they experience is i should be happy I, sh- I have the great job. I have the perfect relationship. Nothing is wrong, but I feel like there's something wrong. So what was the, it sounds like meditation was a big part of that and, and um, allowing yourself to accept that you deserve happiness and that you're worthy. Um, but I'm wondering if you can expand more on that process. Mm. So meditation is the practice to help you, uh, help me also. Um, increase our awareness and maintain that level of awareness, which is important and essential. But what really helps is actually diving deeper into ourselves mm-hmm. to know what is our truth, to reconnect with it. Because um, oftentimes we go through life and we are shaped by our upbringing, our culture and our peer pressure. And we have this kind of idea or belief of what life should be or what world should be and how happiness should feel like. And we cling onto those and we spend our um, pretty much adulthood or our, even our childhood to like to pursue those kind of things, you know, good job, good relationship. So we have this specific idea, but they might not be true and they may not be aligned with us. And so the process is actually to um, like, it's a good thing that we are aware that we were miserable. So we know that something was wrong, even though we don't know what is act exactly is wrong. Um, most of the time, I would say 99% of the time will be, we lost ourselves, right? We don't know who we are. We don't know what we wish for anymore. And that is the process that we have to go and rediscover our own truth. Like what is actually true for us 
And then we have the courage, um, just like we have the courage to pursue whatever our ideal happiness before, we have the courage to uncover a lot of hurt, um, a lot of wounds and to heal them. Uh, once we uncover them, then we can heal them. <laughs> it's like it's like almost when we see the wound, then you know we can start like you know do something about it and let them heal, and then set the stage for what we actually want going forward. So it's a lot of process about discovering ourselves and connecting ourselves, but that give us a strong foundation in ourselves. And awareness is part of it. It really helps. Um, if you're not aware of things, you cannot do anything about it. You cannot fix, you cannot do anything. Um, so that is supportive for it, but it really takes uh, courage and brutal honesty to look at ourselves yeah. and reconnect with our truth. And a lot of healing. So it's all coming back to self-healing and self-love and self-reconnecting. Yeah. Mm. You said um, coming back to our truth quite a few times, and that really stuck out to me. What does that mean to you to come back to our truth? It really mean to accept all part of us and to love us, to love ourselves. Uh, a lot of time we tend to probably seeking our strength just like strength finder test or something like that we want to know what our strengths are what our life purpose are and we look a lot about that but we don't look at our uh, wounded part our hurtful part or our silly or our quirky or yeah. all of that so we tend to reject a lot of ourselves or suppress a lot of it and so reconnect to our truth, meaning to look at us as a whole, as a very dynamic and complicated being um, and to accept all of it. And a lot of it mostly is about acceptance and really, um, it's really not about changing us to be somebody else, but it's to be accept us like exactly where we are and how we are. And we're constantly changing and that's also okay. But without the level of acceptance, we're always trying to be somebody else or trying to set into a certain kind of standard and that don't give us the space for us to grow. Mm, yeah, I, I think it's Carl Jung who says that um, he believed that all of our mental illnesses or some of them were caused by a rift of our true selves and and what we're presenting or what we act like or what we pretend what we are um, and ever since i heard that uh it stuck with me so much and and finding the true self is is challenging and it's definitely a brave process to go down yeah and it's not like a destination it's mm -hmm. not like we lock away our true self somewhere and then we just have to <laughs> take an adventure and then find it <laughs> and then yeah. when we, you know we go forever it's not quite like that uh, because you know we are a dynamic being and we constantly changing so it's a process and but it's always coming back to those principles of self-acceptance um, to be really honest with ourselves to accept us uh, ourselves and yeah self-acceptance and self-love I think um, the beautiful thing is it's like you know two for one deal you know when you when we find ourselves when we accept ourselves and love ourselves um, our relationship changed and it just a snowball effect and uh, everything in our life changed also because we are some change. 
Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Um, you mentioned self-forgiveness, that you were talking to your best friend and you made a decision to forgive yourself. Um, what, what does self-forgiveness mean to you? Self-forgiveness means don't dwell on, don't dwell on our past self. A lot of time when we made a mistake, we very hard on ourselves. And even for me, when I make the same mistake several times, it feel like um, it feel like I was kind of stupid. I keep repeating the same mistake. Uh, very foolish. Uh, but forgiving is truly forgiving ourselves. Is to understand we are not the same person that we were in the past. And if we even if we spend a very long time, even years. Um, making the even the same mistake or whatever uh, we don't have to spend the rest of our life paying for it or clinging to it and self-forgiveness is actually like really forgive like okay that was just a mistake that is just not who we are and there was that this separation about who we are our worth our value to our action in the past and um it's very it's not always easy um especially for, I guess, for a lot of people when we have a lot of regret or when we have uh, some anger or something like that. Um, but, it, but it's come down to it. It's come down to really see that who we are as a being in the present moment is separate from our action in the past. Um, we still, you know, like we can never run away from the consequences of our actions. That must be true. But we can deal with it at its go. But we don't have to keep punishing ourselves um, for a mistake we spent a long time to make, you know. Mm. We are only one decision away, one decision away from forgiveness. It took me uh, over a decade to get to that decision. But um, I hope that a lot of people can come to it much quicker. Yeah, Mm. thank you for sharing that. I'm going to switch gears a little. I know some of the work that you do is centered around how breakups can, in fact, be good for growth. And you mentioned that you did break off an engagement, even though it was surface level, the right relationship for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you speak more about how relationships ending can actually be a gift? Yes, so that's come with a lot. um, Most of the challenging time, but also relationships tend to be it's like a floodgate open for a lot of people because when we are in a relationship, um, a lot of our aspect uh, side of self come out. You know, we not, it's not like our career that we're not just very professional and, you know, there's a little bit objective uh, separating from it. But in our, in our relationship, all of our side coming out, you know, all about bad habit or quirky, a past and our future, uh, you know, wishes and hope, like everything come out. Um, so when our relationship didn't work out, is is really broke us open. Um, you know, the like broken heart is actually is you can actually can die from broken heart. Uh, it's actually a medical condition. So it's it's really affecting us um, as a being as a whole. Uh, but it's a good opportunity to look at it. Most often, um, we tend to you know going through what it's just the same with like anything like a mourning or grievance so we're going through grief when a breakup happens um 
we can be in anger, we can be in denial, and then yeah. we can be like try to bargaining and we try to come back and we try to be like, what if something, um, you know, there's a lot of things that it's, we, it's very hard for us to accept it that is over, mm-hmm. um, but also we cannot run away from it from, that is over uh, because it's, you know, it's not like we look over and pretend somebody is there, you know, it's over and it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that gap of what we want to accept and what the reality is. And also it's a very interesting mix of that. We cannot run away from the reality because it's not there. And because of that, because of the great pain that we're in um, for the breakup, um, is make us very raw and honest. Like no matter what coping mechanism we choose, either alcohol or you know just jumping from relationship to another rebound or whatever, um, we cannot avoid that pain. Like we will feel it, and that make us very raw and open. And that is an opportunity. Either we can keep running away from the pain, or we actually face it and we look at the relationship. Um, probably once we're a little bit calmed down a little is is probably not a usually not very productive or effective when we just wallow in our pain and really it but it's good to just process this and feel the pain um it's good it's uh if you feel pain that means you you know like you care about the relationship that's why you feel painful uh that's why that's why it was so painful um and but it also an opportunity to um, present, you know, that we're gonna face ourselves because now that we are broken open and raw and we look at ourselves to see where did we lose ourselves in that relationship or where is that not working? And then from that, you know, that window, we discover like our own pattern and our own belief. And then we have, you know, and then we can shift whatever negative or whatever not really us or not really aligned with us, um, we can shift them to healthier belief. And then that set it up for a better relationship in the future. So it's really an opportunity of growth, but a lot of time is so painful and people will be just like really move on from it and just forget about it. Uh, but unfortunately what happened is if we don't deal with it sometime we have we start to have the pattern of attracting the same thing. So our next relationship is probably similar to the last relationship that didn't work out. So yeah. that's a grow opportunity that we have to grow in pain. So growing yeah. pain. Mm, growing pain. Um, and that reminds me of a quote that I I was rereading Tara Schuster's by yourself, the effing lilies. And she says, What think what you don't deal with deals with you. Um, so it sounds like if you don't integrate what you've learned about yourself as a partner in a relationship, then that is going to deal with you. It's going to carry you on into your next relationship. Yes, yes. Um, we, I think, I think because when we grow up, we just, we just feel like a lot of, um, especially for women, a lot of the responsibility mm-hmm. of our own happiness falls into another person who was like, for women growing up, like, oh, if you, you know, marry the prince charming, you kind of be happy forever. You know, we have yeah. this kind of silly idea, but that just like um, 
ingrained in us for so early that happily ever after, you know, if you just find the right person, your soul made it out there. And once you meet them, everything's going to be right in the world and your life going to be perfect. And it's not like that. Nobody is responsible for your own happiness. And they can never understand you as well as you understand yourself. <laughs> Just sometimes we have people that we feel like they understand us more than we understand ourselves. That is a sign that we probably need some work because uh, how can somebody that don't feel what we feel or don't going through or don't have the same thought where we are uh, can understand us more than ourselves? So that is a great question. Um, I think men have also have a similar problem. Um, because they grow up and think that, you know, um, career gonna be like, if you establish or accomplish a certain kind of level of achievement, then everything's gonna be right. You're gonna have everything, you know? Um, but that's a different challenges than women. So we all have very similar challenges of counting our happiness on something else, something outside of us. And it's all just like, it's all to depend on our belief and that will, uh, I believe it's really important. It's so subconsciously that we don't know. And, but we have judgment from all of that belief. We base our judgment on all of that belief. And we make some decision based on our own judgment. And uh, it's going forward, you know? And then uh, we, maybe we make the decision that's not best for us, so. Yeah. Hmm. You said something um, about how we're responsible. No one else can make us happy. We make ourselves happy. Um, and there's some responsibility to claim in claiming your own happiness. And I know that is some of the work that you do as a life coach. Um, so I'm curious how you tell people to start taking accountability for their own happiness. Um, I think it's almost a... Um... I think it's almost like a prerequisite to work with me. Like, like that's why I often work with uh, high achiever and sensitive. Uh, so it's like, they already know the emotional state. Like they know what they're feeling. And high achiever tend to be somebody that not like sitting around being passive and waiting for something to change. Like we actively looking for things to change it, to start being in the driver's seat. And life, um, life is unpredictable, yes, but there's a lot of things like how we react to it, how we see things, that we can control it. Um, is, you know, so we can change and choose it, you know, like we might not control like every single thought that come into our head. We not have great control over how we actually feel, but we can choose that's our decision. So we can choose what thought to go forward, what, what is true and what is not true. You know, we have a lot of silly thought. I have crazy daydreaming, but I know none of that is true. You know, so it's very similar concept. We can have tons of thoughts and we can know that, okay, those are silly. You know, we're not gonna believe it kind of things. Um, it's hard to feeling. So feeling, we just, um, we're human, we just feel so much. And so a lot of feeling can be confusing, um, but it's a very same, same scenario when let's say let's say when you read a book like I don't know if you read Harry Potter but um so like yes. <laughs> you know like so when we see at the end when we reveal that Snape is actually not a bad guy you know like when our yeah. whole perception change our feeling about that person change also mm -hmm. so very same thing in real life you know like 
we, when we our perception change about something or someone or ourselves, our feeling also change. So our feeling is not a concrete. It's not concrete things that we should fall on because it can be deceptive, very deceptive, and it's very confusing. So when we have a better idea of what is real and what not, and when we change that perception. Our feeling also changed. So it's not like a constant, never changing thing. So so that's why, you know, it's not like, you know, true love when we see and like we just look at that person and then we fall in love forever. That's not how not how it is in reality. You know, our feeling is not it's not that constant. It's changing all the time. Yes. I love that you used Harry Potter as an example, I think. And that was such a big feeling moment. Uh, so yeah. what a good example. Yeah, so it's like when we, you know, we feel so invested in something and, you know, our first impressions or or even like our feeling for a very long time can be very misleading. It might not be correct. It might not be true. And look, like the whole series of seven books is only need one paragraph and we change our feeling completely about one character. So... And the exact same thing happens in real life and in a lot of situation and persons. So, yeah. Ooh, I love that metaphor. I love it. And I love that you said we can't control our thoughts, but we can choose which ones that we choose to engage with. Um, and I think that's something that meditation on my own journey of being a meditator and teaching meditation has been that we have all sorts of thoughts. We have all sorts of crazy, silly, weird, sad, thoughts that are valid they're always valid but they're not always true and we can decide which ones we choose to entertain and which ones we just let float right on out just like they came in yes yeah that's exactly what you said yeah like they valid because we have them um but they not always true and we just have even more awareness to know what is true and what not so awareness is very important very important mm. Yes, and I, I feel like I've almost uh, been able to cultivate a sense of amusement, like, oh, that's a silly thought that I'm worthless. I'm just going to let that go. But I think when you can start to just be an observer is when that gets even easier. Yes, and that feeling is um, surprisingly, I wouldn't say universal, but it's so common about mm -hmm. like that feeling of worth that, you know, is like we stuck into this um i don't know how we get into it in across culture and across the world but it's like but we get into our head that we have to do something we have to uh, make a difference in somebody's life or have some kind of great purpose or some kind of nice purpose to worth something we yeah. just we worth our worth is independent of our circumstances you know our worth don't increase because we rich or because we have job security or we scored, you know, like have beautiful family or relationship, you know, um, it's not that. And, but, but in our head, it's so easy. Like, it's so easy to say, oh, I don't have this or I'm not capable of certain thing. And so I'm not worthy of whatever happiness or whatever we think we are. Um, but it's just a fallacy. You know, we don't have to do anything to, to earn anything so yeah. our worth is independent of that and um it takes quite a journey and practice to keep to keep like remember like okay 
our worth and our value is intrinsic and is independent of all of that. Mm. And I, you use the word practice. And I think people, when they're kind of on their journey and they're feeling good, they'll have little slip ups or spirals where they feel down. And I think people can tend to spiral even further because they think, oh, well, I should be past this or I'm better now, but it is a practice and it's, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, it's not linear and it's something we have to revisit over and over and over again. That's absolutely true, especially for healing. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the healing, a spiral process. Um, it's, it's like, we thought we healed for this, but maybe a few years down the road, we suddenly got triggered again. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, a, you know, at first we were like, uh, we feel like, you know, like we failed something, like we still have some imaginary pets or whatever. Uh, but it's actually a good thing because once we heal some kind of level, the next level, like when we get triggered and we have to go healing again, it's actually a deeper one, like a deeper reason, like a deeper root of it. Um, so I, I don't know any analogy, but it's always medical analogy. It's kind of gross. So like if you have, a, you know, like a purse wound, you know, something like that, you just have to like, first level gotta be like cut open and pushing out with the purse. And then you have to let it dry and heal and, you know, the skin gonna get over, you know, so it's gonna be layers and layers to build it. So it's yeah. gonna be always gonna be a spiral process. It's not gonna be, it's really not gonna be a destination. I'm like, oh, yep, I healed it, checkbox, and I'll never, <laughs> never have to deal with it again. It's not like that, no. Yeah, and I was even gonna say in a joking tone, wouldn't that be nice? But I don't even think, isn't it so awesome and so such a part of the human experience that we get to have so many levels that we can heal at and experience pain at? It's just a testament to how deep and intricate us human beings are. Yes, so that's why we have different level of connection with other people. Mm. You know, like yes. the we can have, it's just like we hear this all the time for ourselves. We're just like, oh yeah, you know, we can meet someone and we have like very deep connections or, okay, yeah, not so great. We kind of like, you know, just normal for it. So we subconsciously already understand at some level, like there's a different level of these connections. So it's very similar with our self-healing. We have different level and when we get triggered, it's probably going to a level deeper. So it's like a game that you level up. And you don't know that you level up until we hit you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you level down, I guess, in our spiral metaphor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember a therapist told me, um, try and show some gratitude for the trigger. And at first I was like, no, <laughs> that's crazy talk. But now I see that it's just showing you a deeper part of yourself. Yeah, it's very difficult for, um, I would say for very few first level because the wound is so fresh and so raw, mm -hmm. um, it's very hard to feel grateful with the trigger. Um, mm -hmm. Later on, when like, I feel like once I get triggered again, I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I got triggered. I have a good cry about it. And then I, you know, and I'm like, okay, so what exactly that make me trigger? You know, and it's like, it's, it's um, I would say it's a complicated relationship with the trigger, but ultimately we're grateful for it because make us pay attention. You know, if it's not if it's not uncomfortable, then we will never care. We're like, oh yeah, whatever. It's like a frenemy. <laughs> we like it, but we don't like it. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. It's like we go to the gym and then our muscle hurt. 
So we don't like the hurt, but we, we like it. We like to feel it. <laughs> yes. And you said something that was so valuable. You said um, that you'll feel the trigger, you'll cry, you'll experience it. And then later you go back and you try and analyze why the trigger came up. And I feel like for those of us who are in the healing self-work process, we're like, this out right now and we like put a lot of pressure on ourselves to figure out the trigger but it's actually okay to just sit with it and it's actually just better to let yourself feel it and then you can come back and figure out why afterwards yes and uh this is like um this is like a universal downfall of high achiever because i am one so i can say right now it's it's feel like we have some kind of deadline you know i don't know if it's like our corporate culture like trainers for some kind of deadline or something um, but there is no race. So who are you racing for? What, is, what does it matter if we deal with it today or tomorrow? <laughs> so there is no, there is no deadline. So we just take our own pace, take our own time. It's better to process this completely rather than, you know, quality is better than speed. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh, yes. And so it sounds like you, you do a lot of work with high achievers. Um, how does perfectionism show up on the healing journey? Oh my God, it's very common. Yeah. And it's not only high achiever that will pray to perfectionism. Mm. Almost, almost everyone. Um, is I guess must be from our education that we're just like, oh no, or we try to get this extra credit. Oh no. right. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, so it's a, see, it show up in a lot of ways. Sometimes we'll be like, if we're doing something, you know, like, just like you said, like if we have a little setback and we think we fail and we have the tendency of like just, oh, well, I could give up. It's very similar with our new year resolution. If we're like, oh, we've been good and then we have a bad day and then, okay. Okay, then we just scrap the whole thing. <laughs> just like, shit. Or, yeah. um, or is, um, Okay, this is very common, um, but I think it's a little bit deeper. So I tend to share with my uh, private line that um, good enough is actually enough, but we never like it. We mm. never, like, we never like to say good enough. We like, we even we say like, okay, yeah, that's good enough, but we always try to do a little bit extra. So that's where perfectionism comes to. Um, but life is not perfect. It's not the perfect round thing. Is yeah perfectly imperfect and it's so hard for us as humans to just mm -hmm. um accept it because it's mm -hmm. because it's not easy to deal with it's not easy black and white it's not it's not so easy and so uh, we just sometimes we're just tired we don't want to do a lot of work we just don't want to do a lot of effort um but that's where perfectionism comes from like there's this urge to just get it right get it perfect so we can just get it done and don't worry about it anymore uh, but there's no such thing it's always a practice it's ongoing practice so it's not really literally not a destination so no matter how hard you try you know it's not gonna be perfect because life kind of always be like you know challenging and keeping it fresh i guess um but yeah it's really hard so i would say i would say to a lot of my private line that good enough is actually is actually the mode the modern slang for the middle way in Buddhism. It's like make it good enough is enough, you know. 
you don't have to like try to be better than good enough you know there's there's no use if it's good enough then yeah it's good enough and really feel happy and joyful and accept it um a lot of time especially for hygiene right they were like good enough but they kind of reluctant they're like yeah but it can be better <laughs> don't really want to be good enough we always want to exceed expectation i think that's a training from corporation you know like your performance evaluation yeah. Never good to meet expectation. You always have to exceed expectation. Yes. And, um, that might work in uh, cooperation, but it's not good for us all. No, no, it's not. Oh, and I want to dive into that more deeply, but we are almost at the hour. So I wish, I wish we had more time to go into corporations and internalized consumerism and capitalism because it's such, it it weighs so heavy on our worthiness, our productivity, the way we view ourselves and others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's very subconsciously just like weed into mm -hmm. us. And um, we live in the, that kind of culture, you know, like even if we don't work in the corporation culture, it's just how we measure a lot of things. We measure in like achievement, we measure in milestones, stuff like that. Even like when the, we have a kid, right? We measure their milestone. How much do you weigh? How tall are you? And yeah. all of these milestones just make us feel like it trains us to think that there's some kind of destination that we can reach, some kind of achievement that we can reach. And yeah. that's not our soul development. Our soul is so much more expensive, so much more dynamic than that. And uh, don't try to compress us into this linear timeline. So. Thank you for sharing all that you shared. I'm going to go ahead and ask you the four questions that I ask all my guests. Uh, the first one is, what would you tell your younger self, knowing all that you know now? Um, my answer changed. Uh, <laughs> but lately, uh, before it was, you know, like, like keep going through hell. Um, but uh, this now, uh, I would say my, I would tell my younger self that uh, I'm, I'm worthy. I would, I, would, I would say thank you. The only thing I would say would be thank you. Thank you for getting me here. Without my younger self and without her struggle, I would never be here. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and what do you hope to learn from your future self? Actually, I never thought about my future self um so i wouldn't know <laughs> uh i will hope that i will internalize more wisdom yeah that's beautiful how do you connect with your higher self awareness meditation practice awareness i love it thank you and the last question is what does empowered spirituality mean to you uh, spirituality is a very personal path. I would say empowered spirituality is having just a strong foundation in oneself that we don't feel the need to compare to any particular kind of path and to figure out if we're doing it wrong or right or what we should be doing. It doesn't matter. If, it's, if we know who we are, we're not lost. Um, if we, you know, that's empower, that us. Mm -hmm. That's confidence, uh, yeah, the confidence in ourselves, yeah. Thank you. Um, and is there anything else that we didn't get to touch on today that you'd like to go ahead and mention now? 
Uh, so I guess I will have a shameless plug-in <laughs> about my work. Is, uh, I will, so I normally take on private client also, but uh, coming up, I have a going to be a live workshop uh, around in July, uh, probably beginning of July, um, maybe six or seven. I haven't drew, drew out the date, exact date, uh, still in preparation, but the workshop going to be um, because my work do a lot with how to have fulfillment uh, relationship and long-term. So it's gonna be the workshop on the basic, like the foundational quality that's all long-lasting fulfilling relationship need. And then we'll talk about how the process of getting there to have that, um, to build that kind of strong network about ourselves. So it's, yeah, it's a workshop about the web quality that actually long lasting fulfilling relationship have and um, how we can get there. Oh, I'm excited. Um, and the link to the workshop will be in the show notes of this episode. So when this episode airs, it'll be out in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yay, awesome. And what is your website so that people can book uh, private sessions with you as well? Uh, yes, my website is spunkyspiritualist.com and um, I have a free guide on seven steps to move on when things don't work out and that will at least showcase some uh, people with my thought process and how to shift the framework on a lot of things. Um, yeah, so feel free to explore me or hit me on the blog. <laughs> I have a blog and this occasionally updated, which is a good time, but a lot of beautiful thing on there. Uh, one of the best thing people like, um, and I send it to all of my private clients, they like to watch this. Um, so I, I have an interview with one of my good friends about true love in real life. And mm. a lot of us, for me, I'm all like, I feel like I'm cynical, but I'm also a hopeless romantic mm. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, so true love is really nice concept to have, but my skeptical self be like, yeah, that only for the lucky one. And, um, yeah. but I'm telling you, it's not, it's very possible in real life. It's not just in fairy tale or movie. And uh, it's not like whatever the movie portray. And mm. I was lucky enough to know this friend and she agreed to do an interview. So we do an interview about her marriage, which is actually true love. And just amazing to bask in somebody that be in a true love relationship and how realistically, you know, she agree with it. It is just real life and it's very normal. You know, she, you know, she's not like a princess or, you know, like, yeah. it's not like we don't have to be anything. We don't have to be rich. We don't have to be pretty. We don't have to be all kind of, yeah. it just happens. And this interview is on your website under the blog? Yes, yes, it's in the blog. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a little bit long. It's like 90 minutes, but I get, it's very lovely. It's very lovely. Oh, okay, um, your website and your free uh, download will also be linked in your website. Yes, it'll also be on the, my website. Awesome. All right, well, thank you so much, Tiffany. It was such a joy to have you on. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Empowered Spirituality. Um, thank you so much, Tiffany, if you're listening. Your interview and your presence and your energy was magnetic 
and energizing. And I really, really appreciate all the, the dedication that you really gave us, all the information that you gave us. Remember to visit Tiffany's website, spiritually, or sorry, spunkyspiritualist.com. It's also linked below. Download her guide for when things aren't working out. Um, you can also visit the link in the show notes to go to her, um, her workshop that she's hosting very, very soon. And if you liked this episode, please go ahead and give it a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps more people find this podcast and helps more people receive wisdom from people like Tiffany. Um, you can also book a free exploratory coaching call with me down below. My website is empoweredspirituality.online. My Instagram is at empowered.spirituality. And please consider joining the free weekly meditation circle. We meet every Sunday for about an hour to half an hour or half an hour to an hour, I guess. And we meditate together, we journal together, and we meet in community. It is a beautiful time. As always, thank you so much. And until next time. It can be challenging to find a community of supportive people to share in our spiritual journeys with. We all need support and love no matter where we are on our personal journeys. So I am excited to announce that I have created the space for just that. In the Empowered Spirituality community, you will receive a weekly video lesson, weekly journaling prompts, access to an additional guided meditation every week, monthly group meetings and teachings via Zoom, and access to a loving and supportive online community. Additionally, all members will receive 20% off of all of their coaching sessions. You can follow the link in the show notes for this community offer or visit patreon.com slash empoweredspirituality.